power of praise. Y'all can say that with me and say it loud and proud. Say the power power of praise. praise. There we go. There we go. Amen. So we're going to continue with that. As a matter of fact, I want to get through all nine of the words today. What, What words are you talking about? Maybe you weren't here last week. We started talking about the words of praise and the words that the Bible uses to describe praise. There are six Hebrew words and three Greek words that describe praise. Why is praise so important? Well, we talked about it already during our our time of praise and worship that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when you praise, what did I tell you? It takes, it it does two things. It, it, It opens you up. It gets your focus off of you. I say it this way. Praise changes your posture. When you, when you are in the world that we're in, sometimes it's easy to look down to, to keep our eyes on the problem, but praise changes our posture. How many of y'all have ever been to a chiropractor or had someone tell you to stand up straight? Did your mother ever tell you that? Stand up straight, straighten your shoulders. Don't sit like that, right? And your posture changes. Well, well praise changes my posture to look up. It, it's impossible to praise without thinking about God. It's impossible to praise, to really truly praise God without taking your focus off of the problem and praise God for the solution. Praise God for what he already has done in your life. Praise God for anything. And it changes your posture. Well, how do you praise then? That's the question, right? Because y'all see me jump around. I'm super energetic. That's just part of, part of my personality, part of my DNA. But I'll be honest with you, uh, uh, sometimes... I do things to praise God that aren't in my personality. You might not think that because it might look like it comes natural or whatever, but it, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily always come natural. As a matter of fact, I kind of grew up where, for me, my, my worship to God, was, you know, I was taught it was supposed to be very private. And some of that is, and it, and it should be. You should have a private. But there's also nothing wrong with praising publicly, and we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And so sometimes for me, I, I kind of, be, to be honest with you, I fight that a little bit in my flesh because I know I need to praise publicly and I need to show you guys how to praise, but then that means I'm opening myself up, right? But I need to show you how to praise. Last week I told you the story that I've, I started praising God right in the middle of a grocery store or, or in, in, in front of a, I was in a store <laughs> and I started just praising God. I started jumping a little bit and shouting and giving, thank God. Can I tell your testimony? This past Sunday, now Miss Carmen and her son Chase have been coming to the church for a little while now. Have, 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 have their, God's turning their lives around and they've, 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 they've made some changes in their life, including coming to church regularly, committing to the things of God, all this. They got baptized a few weeks ago. And so she calls me. As a matter of fact, I, we went to voicemail first and then I called back and, and uh, she called the church line. If y'all don't know, we have a church, an office line that goes, if, if we're not in the office, it goes to our cell phones. And then we can also use that. But it is an office line and it goes to my wife. It keeps track. I, I don't like giving out my cell number because I, I call ladies, I call single women, all that. And y'all don't need my cell number. Fair enough? I'm just telling you the truth. Some of the guys have it. And that's probably going to be about it. I just don't, and that's why I'm protecting the ministry because I don't want anybody making accusations, saying something. Well, he'd be calling her and texting her. No, no, I don't. No, she calls the office line. <laughs> Anyways, she called the office line. And so we, we answer and, I, and she begins to tell me that she lost a necklace pendant, right? Or, a diamond from a, a two carat diamond or two carat 
And I didn't even understand. That sounds even more impressive than it was on the phone. Wow. So this is like a, obviously a two care. I mean, a diamond. I mean, that she just lost, got left church, went to Books A Million, and, and somewhere around Books A Million, lost this. All of a sudden, she realizes it. She realizes her necklace is on the floor, grabs the necklace, and the, the, the pendant is gone. And so she calls me, and so I pray. I pray with her, and I tell her, you know, the Lord says, the Bible says that, uh, number one, that he'll help us in these situations, but number two, that if the devil takes anything, that he'll repay us. So I said, either way, you win. Isn't that what I told you? I didn't know that. Apparently, I was preaching all the books a million on speakerphone. I didn't even realize that. But I began to tell her, either way, you win. And we praised God on the phone, did we not? We prayed. But even in my prayer, I began to praise God and thank God for either way, we win. Lord, I thank you that either way, we win. That if, if this is lost, that you repay it to her and you give it back to her some way, shape, or form. And, and if, it, if it can be found, that you help her find it. Well, a few hours later... Or I don't know how long it was. You specifically said, if it, if it can't be found, we will. But if a show chase where it is, is what you said. Oh, I didn't even remember saying that. I was just praying in the spirit. And so, and I didn't, that's amazing. God is good. See, I didn't know that. So I didn't remember that. And so Chase calls back a little while later and leaves a voicemail and says, Pastor, you won't believe this. But I was standing where you were standing outside in front of books a million and you felt led to turn around and look in the water and in the water outside of books a million was the pendant how amazing is that isn't god good come on y'all give god some praise on helping them find see see god cares about the little things he cares about the little things and then you told me and i thought this was great that right in the middle of books a million you just began to praise god where I, because we didn't get far when we went in there. He went to ask the manager about an application for a job that he put in. And I was right there, not to, not even a row. We were right there. And when the necklace was found, and so we were a loudspeaker. Right. We did the prayer, whatever the case is. And, and we kept looking, and I, I have a very bad knee. I'm not saying that I was on the floor. Praising and praying and... and Right. I had two couples outside. I was crying. I was very upset. Outside, how can you look for it? Amen. And in the midst of all this, God brought me. And there it was in the water. God is good. And he cares about those little things. He cares about all of that. He cares about, you, you know, that's why praise is important. See, praise opens an avenue for God and, and opens an avenue for, for God to work in your life. He, he inhabits you when you praise. Now, yes, God lives on the inside of us. But, but what I'm talking about here is that there's a presence of God that comes when you praise him that is different, that is tangible, that, is, that, is, that will knock you on your feet sometimes. And so it's important that we do that. Now, if you look at 2 Chronicles um, chapter 20, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and And it was, it was beautiful. It, 
And that's part of what praise is, right? Is that I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. It doesn't matter what you think. I'm going to praise God no matter what is going on. And so in 2 Chronicles, Chronicles chapter 20, we see King Jehoshaphat is facing an army. And I don't know about you guys, but if I'm facing an army, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tend to strategize, and I would probably put the best infantry, the best weapons, the best um, uh, militia, the best men, right? This is an army town here, right? We have, we have people who are in the army who are training. I would put the highest trained people. I would put the people with the greatest level of skill. They were facing three different armies that were going to attack at once. And King Jehoshaphat is praying just before this verse here. He's praying and he's asking God for help. He's asking God to move. And so God says and replies, listen, all of you in Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. And you, King Jehoshaphat. He, God just speaks straight to him. Thus says the Lord. Actually, this was a, a young man. The Lord moved on a young man. A young man spoke up. And, and God spoke through him. This was a word from the Lord that came through a young man in their, in their meeting. He says, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours but God's. The battle is not yours but God's. See, God was establishing a precedent with them, and, 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 and setting forth, hey, if you're going to fight a battle, and you're going to fight it in my name, and you're going to fight it as my people, then you've got to understand that the battle is not yours, it's mine. You've got to do the fighting. You've got to do the work. Yes, you've got to do something. You can't just sit there and let the armies come to you, right? But it's not your battle. I want you to point to yourself, point to yourself, put your hand right here and say, it's not my battle. battle. See, let me give you a New Testament scripture to go along with this. The Bible tells us that that we do not war against flesh and blood, but against against spirits and principalities. There's there's a spiritual, I don't don't like to get too far into spiritual warfare because sometimes it weirds people out, especially if you're new to church, but it's real. There's a spiritual warfare about, and those things that you feel or you sit sometimes and you don't know what it is, there's a real spiritual war that's happening that you can't see, but that's real, that's happening. So this is a Old Testament, what we would call a type or an explanation of, hey, the battle is not yours, it's God's. Now, what part do we play in that? We'll see, there was another thing that happened here that fought, fought, Files right into what we're talking about today. Instead of sending out an army, see, there were 12 tribes of Judah, or 12 tribes of Israel. And, and the first tribe was Judah. And Judah was known for their musical talents. And so the first tribe that went to battle was Judah. And instead of taking swords, instead of taking armor, they took harps. They took musical instruments, and they began to sing and praise God. Praise the Lord Most High. His mercy endures forever. And so they march to the battle, 
All they have is a word from the Lord. All they have is, I'm going to take care of you. This is not your battle, it's mine. All they have is the word and their praise. So their praise brought forth what God had told them was going to happen. And as they praised, see, they, they marched up to where they knew God had told them where the battle was going to take place. They didn't know how God was going to bring them out. They had no idea. But they started their battle with praise. Well, what happened was, when they began to praise, when they began to, to sing and play, the armies got confounded, the Bible says, and they began to fight each other. See, God can take your praise and cause it to confuse the enemy. See, your praise is a confusion to the enemy. It, it's, a, it's a deterrent to the... Satan doesn't want to be around anybody that's praising. Satan doesn't want to be around anybody that's lifting up the name of Jesus. He, he doesn't want to be around it. He can't be around it. It, doesn't, it, it. it irritates him. It bothers him. If you are a praising household, God, Satan's not going to be there. So God inhabits the praises of his people, and when God's there, Satan's not. If you want to get rid, if you really feel like Satan's attacking you, turn your life into a praise-filled life. Amen. Satan likes to confuse. The Bible says that he goes around as a, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so you see here that the enemies began to attack each other and, and they all killed each other and it took them three days to get all the spoils from the army. All the spoils. They, they won a war that they didn't actually fight. They, they, I'm going to say that again because I thought somebody might get excited about that. I said they won a war that they didn't actually fight. They won a battle that they didn't actually, they didn't have to fight because they praised their way through it. Now, God did all that, and I'm not trying to take away from that. My point is, is that their praise, see, God didn't tell them to, to, to do that. He said to show up. He said to go down, and I'm going to take care of the battle. They chose to enter that with praise. So, yes, God's told us the same thing. And as a New Testament believer, we know that God's fighting on our behalf. We know that he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us. But, but what part do we play? We need to have a praise-filled life. One of the words we talked about last week was halal. Everybody say halal. If you put those on the screen and follow along with me. This is the primary Hebrew word for praise. Now, Hebrew, as I told you last week, was used in the Old Testament. So if you want to take screenshots of this. I'm going to kind of go through this kind of quick so we can wrap it all up and get out of here on time. But halal is where we get the word hallelujah. Everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. It means to be clear, to shine, to boast, to rave, or to celebrate. When you're saying hallelujah, you're celebrating, you're celebrating God. You're boasting about your God. Do not be ashamed to say hallelujah at your job. In front of your family, in front of your spouse that may be thinking you're crazy. Who cares? In the middle of Books a Million or the grocery store. You shout out hallelujah. You boast about your God. Psalms 113 says, praise the Lord. Halal the Lord. Halal, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. This should be something that comes out of our mouth. It, it can't be thought, or it can, but it shouldn't just be thought. It should be something that comes out that we say. Then we talked about Shabbat last week. Shabbat is a Hebrew word that means to shout. Now, halal, hallelujah, can be said or it can be shouted. So you can put these two together. You can just say hallelujah or you can shout it. Address in a loud tone to command or to triumph. Here we see two verses. 
there's many more, but here's two verses where this is used. One generation shall shabak your works to another and declare your mighty acts. See, there's something about taking what God's done and shouting it to someone else. Declaring it and saying, hey, I want you to know your kids aren't going to know what God's done for you unless you tell them. Unless they see you praise God for it. Unless they, I mean, our, our little girls, they know how to worship. They may not even understand what they're doing. But it, I, I, it's so cool because sometimes we'll turn on a live stream of a church service or a home church service. And we might be multitasking, my wife and I, maybe we're cleaning the kitchen or we're cleaning up or whatever. And I'll turn around and little Kaylee will be in the living room. Just worshiping. Man, I'm tearing up just thinking about it. It's so beautiful. She, she learned that because we set the example. She's seen us worship. She's seen us set that example. She's seen us do these things. Isaiah 12, 6, cry aloud and shout. Shabbat for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. There should be a halal, there should be a Shabbat. Okay, so where are we going today? Number three, everybody say number three. three. This is two words that are essentially the same thing, so we put them together, yada and tauda. Yada is a Hebrew word which means to extend a hand or to throw out the hand. And tauda comes from that word. And means essentially the same thing, but is, ex, um, but is specifically focused on adoration or worship of God. Does that make sense? So Tauda is, is, is raising our hands, throwing our hands, extending our hand forth, specifically in adoration or worship of God. See, y'all think that I just tell y'all to do that because it looks good in pictures. Or that's what people do at a concert. And Well, if you're doing the concert, you might as well do here. No. The Bible tells us to, to Tauda. To extend our hand, to put our hand, for, to, to worship God by extending our hands. Now, you could yada in a natural way, but you can only tauda towards God. Let's go next slide. This explains it a little bit better. Psalms, here's some verses, some scripture. Oh, that men would yada the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Psalm 63, so I will praise you as long as I live. I will yada, I will lift up my hands. I will yada in your name. Jeremiah 33, 11, praise the Lord. Tauda, lift your hands, extend your hands toward the Lord of hosts. For the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. Praise the Lord of hosts. Well, how do we praise him? And one of the ways we praise him is by extending our hands, is by throwing our hands up, is by lifting our hands towards heaven, by extending our palms up and saying, God, I praise you. So now I can do that and I can shabak. I can do that and I can say hallelujah. Y'all see how this works? This, these aren't just things that I do up here to try to look cool because I've got too much energy. This is biblical. Next slide. This aspect of praise focuses on lifting our hands in recognition of the greatness of the one being praised. While yada praise could apply to either the Lord or to a person of prominence, tauda can only be applied to the Lord. That is why sometimes we see people lift their hands at a non-Christian concert. They are offering yada praise to the singer or band. Or now people go to concerts for DJs apparently. I don't know. I guess that's a thing. Just to go watch a guy play a track. Anyways, um, Tauda praise can only be given to God. Next slide. While some people may never feel comfortable lifting their hands, 
For those who do, it is a very freeing experience. I encourage you to try it. And, and y'all, y'all hear me. I, I, I push for this because of this reason. There's something about lifting our hands to the Lord that makes us feel like we are opening our whole selves to the Lord in praise. Again, this type of praise can be abused. We talked about that last week, right? About how Shabbat can be abused, right? You can, you can shout to get attention to yourself, all right? This could be the same thing, but we're not going to abuse it. We're going to use it to glorify God. I don't care if anybody sees me. I don't, I don't want any glory from it. I'm extending my hands and shouting and doing these things to give, to give glory to God. So it's not about drawing attention to ourselves. All right, next, next slide. Number four, everybody say four. Barak is a Hebrew word that means to kneel down and bless God as an act of adoration. A few weeks ago, we had a service where it felt like everybody knelt down. It was great. It was beautiful. I mean, there were maybe not everybody, but at least 60 or 70% of people. I mean, if you just looked around, there were people kneeling in their seats, and some were down front. I mean, it was awesome. That is biblical. This is Barak. Psalms 95, 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel, let us Barak, before the Lord our Maker. 1 Chronicles 29. Then David said to all the assembly, now Barak the Lord your God, and our and all the assembly praised or bowed down. They kneeled down and blessed God, the God of their fathers, and bowed low and did homage to the Lord. Next slide. This aspect of praise is similar, where it involves the using of our bodies. All right? This aspect of praise is not just lifting a hand, but it uses the whole body to kneel or bow before him. So whereas Yada, Tauda, that is using our hands, our arms. This is the whole body. This is me kneeling. This is me bowing. This is me, me uh, I'm taking my body and, and using it to praise God. See, our bodies, the Bible tells us, are a living sacrifice. Our bodies are, this is just my suit that I live in. The real me, everybody point at yourself. The real me, say this, the real me, the real me. is a spirit. You are a spirit. That's who you are. You live in a body and you have a soul. You have a mind, will, and emotions. So just like God is three parts, you are three parts. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. So when you do these things, this is all three parts of you praising God. Do y'all see it? Because our spirit's already connected with God. That's a natural thing for our spirit to want to praise God. But it's not always natural for our body to. That's why I push you. Because it's more natural for you just to stand with the hands in the back of the chair. Maybe sway a little bit if the music's right, if you've got the right beat. That's natural. That's what the world teaches us to do. Many churches have actually even taught that, that you're supposed to be reverent. There is a time for reverence. There is a time for that. There's a time to be reverent. But, but there's also, all throughout the Bible where we see Barak, and we see Taudah, and we see Shabak. So there's nothing wrong with shouting. There's nothing wrong with praising. There's nothing wrong with jumping. There's nothing wrong with... So praise is much more than just, okay, I show up and I might sing a few lines of my favorite song. See, the Bible tells us another thing. It tells us that we can put on the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. I wish I would have pulled that verse so I could have put it on the screens. But you can look it up. The Bible says you put on a garment of praise. How many of y'all put on a jacket today to go outside? I always give Brother Mike a hard time because he'll come in like a t-shirt 
at 6.30 in the morning to help us set all this stuff up. And I'm like, it is freezing, Brother Mike. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. But most of us are, Brother Mike, we wear a jacket. How many of y'all put on a jacket this morning? It was cold. It was cold yesterday. You put on a jacket, all right? The Bible tells us we put on praise. You put it on. You can not put it on or you can put it on. I think that it's amazing that that scripture says you put on a, uh, the spirit of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Or in other words, you're, when you put on praise, praise replaces the burden. Praise replaces the heaviness that the world has. Notice it didn't say that God puts the spirit of praise on you. God puts the garment of praise on you. You do it. Point to yourself again and say, I do it. See, praise is something that you got to do. Praise is something that you have to make it a part of your life and say, you know what? I'm going to be a praiser. I know that my mama wasn't, and I never saw my daddy do it, and I, and I know it's not even in my natural. I'm kind of shy. I, I'm not really, I'm kind of timid, but there, I'm going to push myself to be a praiser. I'm going to push myself to use my body, to use my hands, to use my voice, to use these things to praise God. Because that's what he's asked me to do. Barak, though, th- though the attitude of our hearts is more important than the position of our bodies, that's true. Sometimes we just feel closer to the Lord when we kneel before him. Next slide. i got to get through all these. I'm running out of time. This can be done privately at home. Um, this can be done publicly. This can be done spontaneously. The point of this praise is that we humble ourselves before the king of kings. Next slide. Zamar. Everybody say Zamar. This is number five. This is a Hebrew word that means to pluck the strings of an instrument. And now, this was mostly used in connection with playing musical instruments in, in joyful expressions of worship. Okay, so in other words, uh, just like you and I would see a band play. How many of y'all have ever been to, well, y'all don't have to raise your hands, but how many of y'all have ever been to a secular concert, right? You've seen people use their gifts, play instruments, not to glorify God, right? All right. Zamar is using instrumental talent to glorify God. Look at Psalms 57, 8, 9. Awake, my glory. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will zamar praises to you among the nations. Now, this refers to this singing that a harp and lyre does, right? A string instrument, not just voices, Okay, there's another word for voices. This is talking about, when it says sing here, that's talking about the instrument singing. This is why, this is why I'm looking for the right band. If y'all have wondered, okay, why, why is it taking so long for Family Worship Center Columbia to get a band? Well, number one, I'm not musically talented. As a matter of fact, I was embarrassed to sing by myself today. <laughs> Appreciate y'all singing with me. But see, next week, I've got two musicians. I'm not going to tell you who they are because I don't want you to bug them. But they're coming to check out the church next week. I interviewed somebody last week. I'm looking, but I'm not going to just get anybody to come play for us. Because anybody can just come and play an instrument. I'm looking for somebody who's going to zamar. I'm, I'm looking for somebody who's going to take what God's given them and use it for his glory. That's going to worship and lead us into worship with their talent. This refers to that. All right, next slide. Spirit-filled people who play musical instruments to the Lord are praising him with this very special Zamar praise. People who play um, instruments in worship are not just performing. You see that? This is not just a performance. That's why this is so important to me. 
It's not just a performance, at least not if their hearts are in the right place. They are praising God with the instruments that they play. Next slide. Sadly, some of us will never get to praise the Lord in this way because we lack the skills. I can actually play the drums a little bit. I never really worked hard enough. So I have done this, but it's not my strong suit. I'm better suited in other areas. Although there's not a word, a Hebrew word for using media talents to glorify God, that's what I did. God gave me a lot of media talents to learn how to do all this, to, 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 to use lights and media and screens to help enhance a service. I, I literally use that to glorify God. And I, I've asked God through the years, see, 10 years ago is when I started in a full-time ministry doing media. Well, I didn't have the musical talent, but I had a talent and I used it to glorify God. There may not be a Greek or Hebrew word for that, but whatever your talent is, you can use it to glorify God. For those of us who do, let it flow outward and upward in praise. Next, next slide. We'll get through these pretty quick. Tehillah, tehillah, <laughs> is a Hebrew word that means to sing, especially singing hymns of the Spirit. Okay, so this is where we're talking about our, using our voices. So Zamar uses instruments. Tehillah uses voices. Psalm 22.3. You are enthroned upon the praises. The Tehillah of Israel, that's the verse I was talking about. God inhabits the praises. That's why it's so important that you sing. That's so, it's so important that you don't just use, you don't just read the words on the screen or think them, but that you actually sing them, that you actually sing them. Psalms 33, 1, rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise is appropriate for the upright. Next slide. Though we may not all be able to give God some our praise, through playing an instrument, we can all give this type of praise to the Lord by singing. Obviously, those with better voices will lead the singing, or in our case, it may be me because that's what we got. Amen. <laughs> but all of us should join in in singing. I'm going to say that again. <clears throat> all of us should join in in the singing. Today, y'all did great. Let me just tell you, it was so encouraging to hear you guys singing and praising God. It really helped me. Singing to the Lord is not about hitting all the right notes. It is about expressing our hearts to the Lord through music. Next slide. Music is a powerful force in our lives. Um, uh, and whether it be in private or group settings, we should be willing to lift our voices in song to the Lord. Just because our voice may not be perfect is not a reason to miss out on this powerful aspect of praise. The Lord loves hearing you sing. God loves hearing your voice. God loves hearing you lift him up. God loves hearing you. It doesn't, he doesn't, I don't know if God even hears in tune the way we hear in tune. He hears your heart. So when you lift your voice, you're lifting your heart. You're lifting your spirit. You're lifting, you're saying, God, I love you. I'm singing this song because I believe in the words that are in it and because I want to praise you this morning or like I said, in your car and the afternoon, whatever time it is. The Lord loves hearing us sing and we should all learn to praise him this way. Next slide. Uh, Agaleo is a Greek word that means to jump, to leap, or to exult. Now that is not a typo. That is not supposed to be exalt. That is supposed to be exult. Exult is to celebrate, to be jubilant. If you were to look that up, it means to be jubilant, to celebrate. It means to do this. See, sometimes when I get to jump into the middle of a song, it's not because, I, I've, yes, I have a lot of energy. And yes, I drank coffee this morning, but that was like five hours ago. It's not that. It's that something's bubbling up on the inside of me, and I'm, I'm, I'm not just singing words, I'm praising. And so as I'm praising, I'm, 
I'm celebrating. I'm jumping. I'm excited. So, you know, maybe that's not your normal nature, but you start to at least, at least do a little bounce or something. I mean, get a little something going and get a little exultant in your life, a little celebration, a little jubilance in your life. I, some of us have so much to be jubilant about, but we focus on the problem. We focus on the, see, we'd rather think about why we shouldn't jump, why we, should, why we have to be so dignified not to celebrate. We'd rather think about that than thinking about why I should. Why should I celebrate? Why should I jump? Why should I? Man, I've got so much to jump about. I could jump, all, I could jump till I can't jump no more. Acts 16, 34, look at this. And then the jailer, we looked at this last week, right? Remember the, when, they, when they broke out of the jail, um, and God broke them out. Paul and Silas go back, and the jailer brought them into the house, set fruit before them, and rejoiced. He agaleoed greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. He didn't just bring them back to eat at dinner. It sounds like he could barely sit down to eat. He was so excited about what God had done. Um, this is sometimes translated as rejoice. Next slide. Sometimes we are so overjoyed with what God is doing in our lives that we just cannot sit still. We feel the need to move in some expression. Tap a foot, sway, dance, jump. However you move, do it to the Lord. Next slide. Proskuneo is a Greek word that means to prostrate oneself in worship or, uh, or in reverence, to be reverent towards God, to prostrate oneself. It also sometimes translates just to worship. Revelations tells us to do this. And that as they were singing with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb, um, the elders fell down and worshiped. They fell down prostrate. See, you wouldn't normally see this in a service, but sometimes in your own private life, or he could be in a service, I don't care. Remember we looked at Barak, which meant to kneel down. Proskuneo means to, to, to literally lay flat, to lay prostrate before God. Next slide. Just as we are sometimes so full of joy that we want to dance, other times we become so overwhelmed with God's holiness that we want to fall to the ground in humility before God. This aspect of praise is similar to Barak. That's what I just said. Um, it can be in private or in public, but the point is total humility before God. Next slide. Number nine, last one. Thriambuo. <laughs> Thriambuo is a Greek word that means to celebrate a victory or to triumph. Now, this one in specific is really meant to be something that you do to someone else or you do with someone else or you do in someone else's presence. Thriambuo is meant for you to, to boast about the triumphs in your life so that others can hear about it, that it points to God, that your praise points to God, that your testimony points to God, that, hey, not only did God bring me out of that situation, now am I going to praise him in my bedroom when I got the news and praise him in front of my kids so they know that God brought us out and now our rent's getting paid and, God, and the devil's not taking my house. But now when I go to work tomorrow, that person that I was complaining about it to at work, they're going to hear what God did. They're going to hear my thriambo. They're going to hear that my God was victorious in my life. That it wasn't just... Oh, well, the apartment complex gave me some mercy. No, no, no. God calls them to give you some mercy. God calls that check to show up three weeks early that you didn't even know you were going to get. 
God calls that favor. The other day, I went and got my, my wife's phone fixed. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to. Because she's got, she lets, see, I don't let the kids use the phone. They don't get daddy's phone. But they get mommy's phone. Come on, some of y'all, some of y'all know how it goes. You, you, you know, you just, Santana, I know you know, you just, sometimes you just got to give them the phone. Well, they drop the phone. The phone gets cracked. All of a sudden, she can't hear me when I call. The, the speakerphone is messed up. I'm like, man, you got to be kidding me. So I take it to Best Buy. Well, Best Buy, through a series of events, fixed a $185 screen for free. That's favor. That's favor. Now, I praise God in Best Buy. I praise God when I got home. And now I'm praising God in front of you. Amen. You see what I'm saying? That is triangular. This aspect of praise focuses on acknowledging a victory or a triumph in our lives. Second Corinthians. Uh, now praise, yeah, we saw it. There you go. Y'all read it. it. It usually includes sharing a testimony. The purpose of this type of praise is so that the knowledge of Christ might be spread. It's not about showing people how great our faith is. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about showing them how great Jesus is. Now, sometimes I'm, I'll, I'll teach you guys about my faith and how I got there. That's not to boast about me. It's just to teach you about how faith works. All right, but this is really talking about, hey, how good God is, and that through my faith, yes, he worked, but it's not about me. It's about him. This is the only aspect of praise that is more effective in a group of at least two, uh, more so than in private, though it can be in private. Next slide. Conclusion. God made many types of praise so we can all worship. Each aspect of praise can help us grow in our relationship with the Lord. So we should not be afraid to experience them. But it's okay uh, that some work better for us than others. Is that the last slide? No one should look down on anyone else for not using any particular aspect of praise. Since all the words are used interchangeably, that means that they are all equal before God. However we praise Him, we must keep our hearts focused on God, not on ourselves, so that we do not make it a look-at-me show. However we praise him, but we must praise him. Look at somebody and tell them there's power. Come on, look at somebody. Find somebody. Say it again. Say there's power in praise. There's power in praise. Now, I went a little long today because I wanted to wrap that up, and we got so much Sunday next week, and so I wanted to wrap this up today. But hear me when I tell you that you've got to change the praise in your life. You've got to add praise into your life. You've got to become a praiser. You've got to live a praise-filled life. You've got to not only praise God whenever you come to church, but praise him in your home. Praise him in your car. Praise him. Make praise a part just like Judah did before they went to battle. You don't have to be in a battle to praise him. Praise him right now when everything's good. Praise him tomorrow when everything's good. Praise him Wednesday. Praise him Thursday because you don't know when the devil's going to attack. But when he does, you need to have a praise ready. You need to have a praise ready. I've outlined to you the best I can these different types of praise. Pick one. Do a combination. Do a combo effort. Do something. Open your mouth. Stop focusing on the problem and praise God for the solution. There is a solution. God has a solution. You just have to find it. What, what, what do you mean? Why won't God just, he will reveal it to you. He's actually probably already told you and you weren't listening. 
You just had to get that Facebook post out there so everybody knew you were going through it. And you'll get some sympathy. Ouch, Pastor. Yeah, I know. But it's true. That's what that, we'd rather do that and get some sympathy and get somebody to hug our neck, get somebody to feel bad for us. Where's your praise? Where's your praise at? Where's your praise at? Where's your voice? See, I, my, I don't even have to have a voice today. I don't know what's going on with my throat and whatever. I'm going to praise God if, I, if, if all I had was a little scratch. I will praise God with that. I'm gonna, we've got to praise God. It's got to be a part of our lifestyle. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to push you in that, not because I want to be pushy, but because I want your life to be different. And I know the power of praise. I know what it's done for me. See, I remember, remember I told you guys a while back, I, we, don't, we haven't told too many people about this, but now that we're past, you know, that I'm a pastor, it's kind of an open book. My wife had been diagnosed years ago with a, a heart murmur. And, and she got a bad result from a doctor when we were engaged. And I remember feeling like everything I believed God for, this woman that finally showed up in my life, was finally everything I was dreaming for. I remember feeling like the devil was trying to snatch it away. And I didn't know, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what the result, I don't want to tell you all the details, but the results were terrible. But she said, I'm going for another result. I'm going for another test. They want to do a further test that's going to give more detail, blah, blah, blah. And I remember driving. I can tell you where I was at in Florence. Driving. I had gotten past praying. I'd already asked God, so at this point, I was just praising him. And I praised him till, till I got a note of victory. Just like Judah stood out on that mountain and watched the enemies beat up themselves, it was almost like I could see it. I literally praised God in my car till I got a note. I got a victory. She hadn't even gone to the test yet. It was that day. It was that I was praising God that morning. The test was that afternoon. But I knew. I didn't know what they were going to tell her. I didn't care. I had praised God till I knew we had a victory. And she called me back and said, they said, there's nothing to worry about. They said, it's nothing to worry about, JT. They said that uh, maybe I can do another test in five years just to make sure it's still fine. There is a little murmur, but it's nothing to worry about. It's nothing like, see, other members in her family had had major issues with their heart. But none of that. No, see, we, and I knew I wasn't the only one praising. I know she was praising too. And that praise brought forth a change. Praise God. Have a praise ready. Have a praise ready. Be ready. Be, work on your praise now so that whenever anything comes your way, you know how to praise. Amen? Come on, shout it out. Say amen.